Exodus chapter 40. The Lord spoke to Moses, You are to set up the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, on the first day of the month. Put the ark of the testimony there and screen off the ark with the veil. Then bring in the table and lay out its arrangement. Also bring in the lampstand and set up its lamps. Place the gold altar for incense in front of the ark of the testimony. Put up the screen for the entrance to the tabernacle. Position the altar of burnt offering in front of the entrance of, to the tabernacle, the tent of meeting. Place the basin between the tent of meeting and the altar and put water in it. Assemble the surrounding courtyard and hang the screen for the gate of the courtyard. Take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and everything in it. Consecrate it along with all its furnishings so that it will be holy. Anoint the altar of burnt offering and all its utensils. Consecrate the altar so that it will be especially holy. Anoint the basin and its stand and consecrate it. Then bring Aaron and his sons to the entrance to the tent of meeting and wash them with water. Clothe Aaron with the holy, holy garments. Anoint him and consecrate him so that he can serve me as a priest. Have his sons come forward and clothe them in tunics. Anoint them just as you anointed their father so that they may also serve me as priests. Their anointing will serve to inaugurate, inaugurate a permanent priesthood, a permanent priesthood for them throughout their generations. Moses did everything just as the Lord had commanded him. The tabernacle was set up in the first month of the second year on the first day of the month. Just Moses set up the tabernacle. He laid its bases, positioned its planks, inserted its crossbars, and set up its posts. Then he spread the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering of the tent on top of it, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Moses took the testimony and placed it in the ark and attached the poles to the ark. He set the mercy seat on top of the ark. He brought the ark into the tabernacle, put up the veil for the screen and screened off the ark of the testimony just as the Lord had commanded him. 
Moses placed the table in the tent of meeting on the north side of the tabernacle, outside the veil. He arranged the bread on it before the Lord, just as the Lord had commanded him. He also put the lampstand in the tent of meeting opposite the table on the north side of the tabernacle and set up the lamps before the Lord, just as the Lord had commanded him. Moses also installed the gold altar in the tent of meeting in front of the veil and burned fragrant incense on it, just as the Lord had commanded him. He put up the screen at the entrance to the tabernacle. Then he placed the altar of burnt offering at the entrance to the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, and offered the burnt offering and the grain offering on it, just as the Lord had commanded him. He set the basin between the tent of meeting and the altar and put water in it for washing. Moses, Aaron, and his sons washed their hands and feet from it. They washed whenever they came to the tent of meeting and approached the altar, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Next, Moses set up the surrounding courtyard for the tabernacle and the altar and hung a screen for the gate of the courtyard. So Moses finished the work. The cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses was unable to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud rested on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. The Israelites set out whenever the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle throughout all the stages of their journey. If the cloud was not taken up, they did not set out until the day it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day, and there was a fire inside the cloud by night, visible to the entire house of Israel throughout all the stages of their journey. John chapter 19 Then the gospel according to John chapter 19 Then Jesus then Pilate took Jesus then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers also twisted together a crown of thorns, put it on his head, and threw a purple robe around him. And they repeatedly came up to him and said, Hail, King of the Jews, and were slapping his face. Pilate went outside again and said to them, Look, 
I'm bringing him outside to you to let you know I find no grounds for charging him. Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Here is the man. When the chief priests and the temple police saw him, they shouted, Crucify! Crucify! Pilate responded, Take him and crucify him yourselves, for I find no for I find no grounds for charging him. We have a law, the Jews replied to him, and according to that law, he must die, because he made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was more afraid than ever. He went back into the headquarters and asked Jesus, Where? Are you from? But Jesus did not give him an answer. So Pilate said to him, You're not talking to me. Don't you know that I have the authority to release you and the authority to crucify you? You would have no authority over me at all, Jesus answered him, if it hadn't been given you from above. This is why the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. From that moment, Pilate made every effort to release him, but the Jews shouted, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend, anyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside. He sat down on the judge's bench in a place called the Stone Pavement. It was the preparation day for the Passover, and it was about six in the morning. Then he told the Jews, here is your king. But they shouted, take him away, take him away, crucify him. Pilate said to them, should I crucify your king? We have no king but Caesar, the chief priests answered. So then, because of them, he handed him over to be crucified. Therefore, they took Jesus away, carrying his own cross. He went out to what is called the Skull Place, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. There, there, there they crucified him and two others with him, one on either side, with Jesus in the middle. 
Pilate also had a sign lettered and put on the cross. The inscription was, Jesus the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city and it was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Don't write, King of the Jews. But he said, I am the King of the Jews. Pilate replied, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts. A part for each soldier. They also took the tunic, which was seamless, woven in one piece from the top. So they said to one another, Let's not tear it, but cast lots for it to see who gets it. They did this to fulfill the scripture that says they divided my clothes among themselves and they cast lots for my clothing. And this is what the soldiers did standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciples he loved, when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple he loved, standing there, he said to his mother, Woman, hear is your son and he said to the disciple here is your mother and from that hour the disciple took her into his home after this when Jesus knew that everything was now accomplished that the scripture might be fulfilled he said I'm thirsty a jar full of sour wine was sitting there. So they fixed a sponge full of sour wine on hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. Then bowing his head, he gave up his spirit Jesus' side pierced. Then it was the preparation day. The Jews did not want the bodies to remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a special day. For that Sabbath was a special day. They requested that Pilate have the men's legs broken and that their bodies be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first man and of the other one who had been crucified with him. When they came to Jesus, 
they did not break his legs because they saw that he was already dead. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once blood and water came out. He who saw this has testified, so that you may also he who saw this has testified so that you also may believe this testimony is true and he knows he is telling the truth for these things happen so that the scripture would be fulfilled no one not one of his bones will be broken also another scripture says they will look at the one they pierced. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, because of his fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might remove Jesus' body. Pilate gave him permission, so he came back and took his body away. Nicodemus, who had previously come to him at night, also came, bringing a mixture of about 75 pounds of myrrh and aloes. Then they took Jesus' body and wrapped it in linen clothes with the aromatic spices according to the burial custom of the Jews. There was a garden in the place where he was crucified. A new tomb was in the garden. No one had yet been placed in it. They placed Jesus there because of the Jewish preparation. And since the tomb was nearby. Proverbs chapter 16. The Ref- Proverbs chapter 16. The reflections of the heart belong to mankind, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All a person's ways seem right to him, but the Lord weighs motives. Commit your activities to the Lord and your plans will be established. The Lord has prepared everything for his purpose, even the wicked for the day of disaster. Everyone with a proud heart is de- is detestable. Everyone with a proud heart is detestable to the Lord. Be assured, he will not go unpunished. Iniquity is atoned for by loyalty and faithfulness. And one turns from evil by the fear of the Lord. When a person's ways please the Lord, 
he makes his enemies to be at peace with him. Better a little with righteousness than great income with injustice. A person's heart plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. God's verdict is on the lips of a king. His mouth should not give an unfair judgment. Honest balances and scales are the Lord's. All the weights in the bag are his concern. Wicked behavior is detestable to kings since the throne is established through righteousness. Righteous lips are a king's delight, and he loves one who speaks honestly. A king's fury is a messenger of death, but a wise person appeases it. When a king's face lights up, there is life. His favor is like a cloud with spring rain. Get wisdom. How much better is it than gold? And get understanding. It is preferable to silver. The highway of the upright avoids evil. But the one who guards his way protects his life. Pride comes before destruction, and an arrogant spirit before a fall. Better to be lowly of spirit with the humble than to provide plunder with the proud. The one who understands a matter finds success. And the one who trusts in the Lord will be happy. Anyone with a wise heart is called discerning. And pleasant speech increases learning. Insight is a fountain of life for its possessor. But the discipline of fools is folly. The heart of a wise person instructs his mouth. It adds learning to his speech. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the taste and health to the body. There is a way that seems right to a person, but its end is the way of There is a way that seems right to a person, but its end is the way to death. There is a way that seems right to a person, but its end is the way to death. A worker's appetite works for him because his hunger urges him on. A worthless person digs up evil, and his speech is like a scorching fire. A contrary person spreads conflict, 
and a gossip separates close friends. A contrary person spreads conflict and a gossip separates close friends. A violent person lures his neighbor, leading him on a path that is not good. The one who narrows his eyes is planning deception. The one who narrows his eyes is planning deceptions. The one who compresses his lips brings about evil. Gray hair is a glorious crown. It, gray hair is a glorious crown. It is found in the ways of the righteousness. Gray hair is a glorious crown. It is found in the ways of righteousness. Patience is better than power and controlling one's emotions than capturing a city. The lot is cast into the lap but it's every decision is from the Lord. Philippians chapter 3 In conclusion, my brethren, be joyful in the Lord for me to give you the same warnings as before is not irksome to me. While so far as you are concerned, it is a safe precaution. Beware of the dogs, the bad workmen, the self-mutilators, for we are the true circumcision. We who render to God a spiritual worship and make our boast in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in outward ceremonies. Although I myself might have some excuse for confidence in outward ceremonies, if anyone else claims a right to trust in them, far more may I circumcised as I was on the eighth day, a member of the race of Israel and of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew sprung from Hebrews, as to the law a Pharisee, as to zeal a persecutor of the church, as to the righteousness which comes through law, blameless, yet all that was gained to me. For Christ's sake, I have reckoned it loss, nay, 
I even reckon all those things as pure loss because of the priceless privilege of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, and for his sake, I have suffered the loss of everything and reckon it all as mere refuse in order that I may win Christ and be found in union with him. And for his sake, I have suffered the loss of everything and reckon it all as mere refuse in order that I may win Christ and be found in union with him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which arises from faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God through faith, I long to know Christ and the power which is in his resurrection and to share in his sufferings and die even as he died. I long to know Christ and the power which was which is in his resurrection and to share in his sufferings and die even as he died in the hope that I may attain to the resurrection from among the dead. I do not say that I have already won the race or have already reached perfection, but I am pressing on striving to lay hold of the prize for which also Christ has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not imagine that I have yet laid hold of it, but this one thing I do, forgetting everything which is past and stretch, forgetting everything which is past and stretching forward to what lies in front of me. With my eyes fixed on the goal, with my eyes fixed on the goal, I push on to secure the prize of God's heavenward call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let all of us who are mature believers cherish these thoughts, and if in any respect you think differently that also God will make clear to you but whatever be the point that we have already reached let us persevere in the same course brethren vie with one another in imitating me and carefully observe those who follow the example 
which we have set you. For there are many whom I have often described to you, and I now, even with tears, describe them as being enemies to the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their bellies are their God. Their glory is in their shame. And their minds are devoted to earthly things. We, however, are free citizens of heaven. And we are waiting with longing exception for the coming from heaven of a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who in the exercise of the power which he has even to subject all things to himself will transform his body of our humiliation until it resembles his own glorious body.